You're listening to Career Up Now's Socially Distanced Close-Up Podcast. I'm your host, Bradley Caroco. Today, I'm joined by Janet Gallen. Janet is the founder at Love Letters Live. She has amazing work that she's done with so many and a variety of things during her life that has enabled her journey to take off. If you've ever wanted to meet a woman who knows a lot about love, Janet's the woman to meet. Janet, thrilled to have you here. Welcome. At this point, I would say that the name of my business or organization is Love Letters Live. Oh, I always thought it was Love Letters Live. It started out going to be that way. When we were first doing radio, Teresa and I, who kind of founded this together, were thinking we would do a call-in show, Love Letters Live. And then we started to think, do, I, do we really want to sit at a studio for three hours a night fielding calls? And we decided, no, we did not. We would do a half hour episode after episode, and we just change it to Love Letters Live, which I'm so used to now because Love Letters do live. Yeah. Forever. Wow. So, it's amazing how you change the sound of a vowel. Isn't it? The impact. Yes. That I can have. But it's, you're right. It started off Love Letters Live. When you first started out, did you envision yourself in the position you're in now? No, not at all. You know, I've done a variety of things in my life. I was a probation officer, juvenile probation in Oakland, Alameda County. I love my kids and I love that. And, you know, life changes. And I ended up doing fundraising. I will say that the basis of Part of what I love best about everything I've ever done has been the writing. I am a sucker for clarity. I like things explained well, put out well. So I, I had no idea of this. And then I got a phone call about 15 years ago, I'd say, from one of my closest friends ever. And she said, I have a favor to ask you. And I said, like you would to any close friend, well, of course, darling, what? She said, I want you to, I need you to write my obituary and I need you to write it now. No. I said, she, I said, no, I'm not going to write your obituary. She said, well, I need it to be your writing. I don't want anybody else ever to, she wasn't sick. She's going to outlive the cockroaches. I'm happy to say. <laughs> and, um, well, you know, we went back and forth and I said, you know, I'm just not, she was talking to me like I wasn't even there. And you know how I feel? I said, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to do it. I can't do anything that looks to a time that you're not here on this earth with me. And she said, well, you know how I feel? Well, how she felt always has been, she likes to read obituaries. Now an obituary should be a lovely little encapsulation of a life. And they almost always start with lost her battle to cancer, lost his battle. To, to, everybody dies a loser. That's no good. So her whole issue was she doesn't want lost her battle with anything. Although she did say to me, if you want, you can say, I lost my battle with every person on this planet. Well, I just cracked up. I said, tempting is that anyway? And then I started to think about it. And I thought, why not write her obituary and send it to her as a love letter? I kicked that. Anyway, I did. I didn't hear from her a couple of weeks. She finally called and she said, I got what you, she let it sit unopened for some, she said, I finally, I, I, I read what you wrote in this tiny little voice that I didn't even know she had. She's a very forceful person. 
And she said, I read what you wrote and it was so beautiful. She said, but I didn't recognize myself in it. And I said, what? Total arrogance. I said, but you know how good I am at this, seeing other people's truths. She said, I just didn't see any of it. And then I thought, you know what? Double the gift. You should not have to wait till you're six feet under to know how people felt about you. And the other reality is that isn't it best to see yourself most clearly, that is through the eyes of someone who loves you. Wow. So I talked about this that I was the speaker, you know, some, doesn't matter, some big women's group. And one of the women came up to me afterwards and she said, that was beautiful what you said. She said, I think we could do something together. So I took her card and called her a couple of weeks later. I said, what do you have in mind? She said, love letters workshops. So we started out and they were just astounding and it led to the radio show. And then it led to a, 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 what do you, a newspaper uh, column. The paper got sold and anyway, but I'm still doing it. So no, I had no idea that I would end up here. That's remarkable. What a journey. And also like a journey towards love. Yes. Yes. So what new challenges or opportunities does this pandemic bring for you? Oh, <laughs> well, I think, I think so many for most of us, right? Um, I, I, you know, the first week, I must say, was kind of restful. I didn't have to be anywhere. I wasn't allowed to be anywhere. There was, it was just restful. Second week, you know, by the third week, I was feeling sad and cut off from humankind. But I, I just did more of the same. You know, I started, I, I, I like cooking and I like having people for dinner and I like having people over. And my, so I started cooking for people, neighbors and friends that I knew had special dietary needs. You know, as long as you're cooking soup, you might as well do 16 gallons of it. Anyway, and that just felt really good. Same with some baking. But I started, I'm a letter writer. I write letters all the time anyway. My husband used to laugh at me because I'd always have a stack of, you know, four or five by the end of the evening that was were going. You know why? Because picking up a pen and sharing a good thought with somebody, as long as you're thinking something positive, you know, Love and gratitude taken to the grave serves no one. When it's sent where it belongs, it serves everyone. So, you know, I'm doing more letter writing, but I'm doing a different kind. I have been. I've been writing to companies. I've been writing to companies and organizations. I wrote a letter to the Ocello mop people because I got a new mop because I have to clean my own house, you know, which I like doing anyway. And um, although I did have somebody come in once a month and help me with the... I love mopping floors. It is so satisfying. And this Ocello mop is just genius. It's great. I, I wrote a letter to um, just various companies, you know, like Amazon and Wikipedia and Google. And I, I've got one going to the international, the U. Oh, I wrote one to the, um, the truckers, you know, the, the Teamsters. Had a very good time with that. I wrote one to Caltrans in gratitude of the freeways and the road rules. And you know, when you think about, I think about it all the time, I bet we all do, but you think about how those roads are graded. So centrifugal force keeps you in and centripetal force keeps you. It's just, 
they got a bunch of geniuses working there as engineers. So I wrote this and I had such a good time doing it. I love that. I mean, I, again, love, but I mean, what a remarkable way to express your gratitude in a way that many people will never otherwise have the opportunity to see or feel or connect with. I think so. And you know something? It's, it's yes, sending love out there. But the truth of the matter is the big benefit is mine. Because when you're doing that, you are so bathing in the positive. It's hard to, it's hard to lose sight of your blessings when you're sitting there for a half an hour, just putting them out on paper. Wow. I think it's, I think it's strengthening. Now I'd love to know what are the resources that help propel or shape your career journey? And when you say resources, what kind of thing do you have in mind? So resources could be human resources, resources could be emotional resources, resources could be physical resources. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna grab those last two. Okay. Emotional and physical resources. So emotional resources, that's, that's enormous. And what you really have to do is to be able to look inward. I have, I have been interested always in the apology as a great genre of love letter. Most people don't know how to apologize. You see people all over the world now apologizing for all kinds of grievances. I don't think they're doing a great job. They all start with, you know, this is not who we are. This does not reflect our core values. Uh-uh. An apology is a, I'm so, one guy, um, oh, what's his name? Leon Talley. Um, uh, well, anyway, he worked for Vogue magazine. And he was, he came out, about the editor essentially saying, then say what you did wrong. Say the things you did that were wrong. And I thought, good for him. That's an apology. For all these letters, you have to really look inside honestly to see what it is you want to say. You have to be careful that you're not being passive aggressive, that you're not saying something in a way that someone else could interpret hurtfully, you know, um, like, Oh, I just love that pair of jeans you got looks so much better on you than the last pair. Why say that? <laughs> See, I mean, you know, you might think that's a compliment, but it's a little bit. So for emotional resources, you have your own. If you don't, you have people you can run it by. You have friends, you have maybe a therapist, all kinds of people. Physical resources, I'm so glad you asked. Pen and paper, beautiful stationery stamps, the, the artwork of the United States Post Office. I sometimes buy sheets of stamps and give them as gifts. They're gorgeous. They're gorgeous. Pens. I have, okay, so I, I was talking to a friend recently and I said, you know how people so often say, I wish I had a magic wand? You do. And here it is. With that resource, your magic wand, you have at your fingertips, literally, the power to make someone else feel wonderful forever. And that'll go in the treasure box and the children and grandchildren will feel wonderful. Magic wand. So those are my resources. How do you, how do you interact with narcissists? Like, let's say someone is needing to write a love letter. Right. But doesn't, but consistently makes the love letter about themselves. Oh, that's easy. Oh, okay. 
That's so easy. So for my personal clients, and, and I start off every meeting, every workshop, is a love letter is about the other guy. That's it. It's not about what you did last night. You can talk about yourself if it's in the light of, you know, I just, I always feel like I am the smartest person in the world when I'm with you because you, it's, you know, still reflects on another person. Yeah, a love letter is about the other guy and no good apology has a but in it. Well, I'm sorry I did that, but I was, uh-uh. I, I, that's, that's one of the easiest things. Mm. And, and, and I had a woman once in a workshop early on. We, were, we had gotten to the point where we were going to actually do the writing, and she said, can I write a hate letter? I said, sure. Feel free. You know, that's not what this workshop's about. But I said, come talk to me. Anyway, we talked about it, and she was angry, and she was hurt. She didn't want to write a hate letter. She wanted to write a letter that said, you're ending the friendship. Hurt me so badly because I love you so much. And I miss you. She didn't want to write a hate letter. Hate is sometimes love gone wrong. That's so powerful. Hate is sometimes love gone wrong. Yeah. So now thinking about your many years of of love letter writing and being in that space can you name a teaching moment for you whether that was a mistake or failure that made you reassess sure aren't i just the easiest ever in your life (laughs) ever in my life i once wrote a hate letter yes and it was a it was a zinger i mean it was just vitriol on paper it was to a company it was to a i bought a car and Anyway, they, they did everything dishonorable and wrong, and they wouldn't, it was horrible. I wrote them such a letter, and somebody said to me not too long ago, oh, that must have felt good when you did that. No, it felt awful, because I was just sitting there stewing in poison. Didn't feel good. And the other thing I realized, and I never did it again, was here's what happened on the other end when they got my hate letter dear so-and-so, and and I just started right in, and nobody's going to read that. Who's going to want to read a letter that starts right out telling you you're the worst son of a bitch ever lived and you shouldn't be allowed? No, throw it in the wastebasket. First, it doesn't get read. And secondly, if it does get read, all they learn from it is that you're insane, which is kind of true. So yes, that was a huge teaching moment. If your letter was a public letter, or if your letter served an additional purpose, would it have been okay at that point? No, I, if I had the money, I would have taken out a billboard on Main Street. <laughs> I mean, really. But what I could have done, really, I guess the teaching moment is I could have done it another way by starting off saying, Look, I know you meant well. Your cars are beautiful, which they are. And I'm having a problem, even in regard, and then just kind of stated it as information, not rage. I I think that might have even gotten me an answer. Information, not rage. Again, a great soundbite right there. Yeah, I mean, I just, that just kind of occurred to me, you know, that. Wisdom for life. Um, How has mentorship enriched your life? People I have learned from enormously. 
I, you know, I sometimes think about that and think I owe a debt of gratitude pretty much to everyone who's ever spoken to me. That's amazing. I, I have learned something everywhere I go. Every piece of music I listen to, every piece of poetry. Yeah, I mean, I consider all that mentorship. I mean, I guess, you know, there's the saying, who is wise, one who learns from everyone. Oh, good. But it I seems agree. like in your case, it's who is wise, Janet Gallen. Who is wise, one who learns from everyone and everything. I, I would say, you know, there, there was a country song ages ago and it was i forget the name of it i forget who did it but the main line was the problem was this this person who was you know battling a lost love and it just and she she was referred to as she's rearranging furniture in a ship that's going down that seems futile been with me forever you know there's nothing you can't take something away from i mean country lyrics definitely hit it they're good they are. They are. That, that whole genre of cowboy poetry also that's beautiful. I don't oh, know I haven't seen that. that. It's nice. I'm, I'm going to check that out. Okay. So, which leads me to the question of what is one core value of all the values that you have that guides your life? Oh, okay. I like that question. What I know to be true is that every experience, whether it's a good one or a wretched tragic one has within it the seeds of gratitude and love to someone no matter no matter how horrible i mean i have my experience with people horrible horrible experiences and yet within that there's the seeds of always a love letter to someone and sometimes that could just be to yourself for having survived something putting your finger on the value itself, is it gratitude or love or how would you? Oh, I see, okay. Um, I guess it's faith in the ability to find gratitude mm. and love. Mm, that's, uh, that's, that's, uh, that's really, because it's the, the process of identifying yeah. or finding and having that ability, which I'm sure bleeds over into all areas of necessity in one's life. I think so. Why do you think mentorship programs or specifically Corrupt Now is important? When people start out on a particular road that is strange to them, it's, it's just so nice to be able to have somebody show you the first steps, to, be, to show you mm. how to survive. I, I think that's critical. You know, I feel that, well, my mentor, of course, is the Apple store. I just uh -huh. love those people, you know, and my, and a couple of my tech people, I, I learn so much. I consider them mentors and um, I could figure out a lot of things on my own. I know I could. However, it would just take too long. I like the shortcut of mentorship. You know, and then having somebody that you can go back to and check with, kind of as a reality check. Wow, yeah. And also, you know, it's nice to learn how to trust somebody. Mm. You know, for people who may have a little trouble with that, a good mentor teaches you how to trust, how to put your life in their hands and not miss a heartbeat. Wow, that is so great. Uh, so I wanna thank you for joining me today and 
want to wish you tremendous success Thank and you. love in all your worthy endeavors. Thank you for asking me to join you.